Welcome to the Christ Community Worship Service. Our in-person worship service begins every Sunday morning at 11.15 a.m. And we are packed up in here this morning. Woo! Jesus is here, and that's all that matters. We are located at 1281 Sheridan Street in the great city of Baldwin, Michigan. Now turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, and Genesis chapter 21 and 17. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Genesis chapter 21 and 17. While you're finding our scripture passage, let me say this. For weeks, we've been stressing the importance of prayer. Beloved, prayer has boundless possibilities. I mean, when you think about it, over 90%, as Sister Barbara was saying, over 90% of what you pray for, God gives us. Prayer is a gift and a privilege that is full of promise. That's why I've tried to stress the promises of prayer and encourage you to jump in and start praying with us daily at 6.45 p.m. Set your alarm clock. I do. It's time for prayer, and we're done at 7 p.m. And also Bible class every Wednesday at 5.30. Amen. You have the meeting ID on the church card. But sometimes prayer is not easy. There are moments in our life when we are trying to pray and we can hardly form the words. There have been times in my life when all I could do was wail or cry and could barely get my breath, the unspoken fear that something might happen, happens. Feeling alone and confused and exhausted and frightened, all I could do was moan and nothing would come out and all I could do was stammer, oh God, oh God, oh God. Have mercy. Let's turn to our scripture passage, Genesis 21 and 17. God heard the boy crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have sent the Holy Spirit 
and what we have learned, oh God, of the work of the spirit through the preparation of this message. We pray, oh God, that your spirit would speak to our hearts, that your spirit would interpret what's going on in our hearts and that your spirit would ride upon every word that's been prepared and anoint. It's not about us. It's all about you. Bless everyone within the sound of my voice. We'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, Romans 8 and 26b. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Take your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor... Two is company, but three is a problem. Take your other neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, two is company, but three is a problem. Just as parents hear the slightest sigh of their newborn baby like it's on a microphone, God hears our groans and our cries. His spirit dwells within us. The Holy Spirit is our moan and groan translator to God. (laughs) The spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings, the Bible says, too deep for words. The Spirit is speaking a language that we cannot understand. And he searches our hearts and he knows the mind of the Spirit. God does because the Holy Spirit is interceding for the saints and praying to God because the Spirit knows the will of God. Brother Vison, your ride is here. Your ride is here, Brother Vison. Your ride is here, and that's getting recorded. Amen. We're going to keep going. Uh, it's all right. Brother Vison in 98. Amen. God bless you. Beloved, this is our life in the spirit. While we live on this groaning and broken planet, while facing suffering from daily inconveniences, Exhaustion, unbearable diagnosis, and unimaginable tragedies. Groaning, both trivial and tragic, are expected and anticipated. However, your moans are heard in stereo by a compassionate and caring Savior. In other words, your prayers, you might be stammering right now. Your prayers might be feeble right now. Your language might be poor. All you can do is moan and groan, but Jesus understands the meaning of every word you are saying. He hears the groans of the caretaker watching their loved one speedily wasting away, ravaged. By cancer. He hears and sees and interprets the moans of the one deserted 
by the love of their life. He hears the moans of the one whose child was ripped from their heart. He hears the moans of the breadwinner weighed down by the burden of providing for their family. He hears the moans of, and the sigh of the single parent that's had to labor because they are got to raise these kids all by themselves. He hears the labored sigh of the sick and the dying. Beloved, be encouraged today because God interprets and understands your moan. But pastor, all I have is a groan. All I can get out is, Lord, have mercy. We groan when we're sick. (laughs) We groan when we experience loss. And the Bible says we groan with all kinds of inadequacies and frustrations. We do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with words we can't even understand. And the Bible says, he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, the Bible says the Holy Spirit helps us by interceding for us with groanings too deep for words, wordless groans. So what is the spirit praying for when he intercedes? The Bible says the spirit asks for things we don't know how to ask for. Verse 26, we do not know how to pray for what we ought. So the spirit is praying for us for something that we don't know. Come on in, brother, that we don't know how to pray for. Second, it says that the spirit asks for things we don't know how to pray because of our weaknesses. Verse 26, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. So something about my weaknesses makes me ignorant when I'm going through things, but the Holy Spirit makes up for all of my ignorance because the Spirit asks for things. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to ask, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for me according to hallelujah, the will of God. Verse 27, the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Thank God, because I don't know how to pray when I'm going through things. Now, let's unpack this. The spirit is praying for things for us that we don't know how to pray for. Now, that eliminates a lot of things. Don't use that as an excuse. Pastor, I would pray, but I don't know how to pray for those things that I should pray for. The Bible has commanded us and given us most of the things that we need to pray for. We know that we need to pray to be holy. How many people are praying to be holy? Mm. 
We know, thank God that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You keep trying to be holy, you will never get there. Amen. But we take on the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We know we need to pray that our faith will grow. We know we need to pray that we can never lose hope. We need to pray that we, that we will not allow the enemy and what we're going through in this world to steal our joy. The Bible gives us all kinds of things that we know to pray for. We know we need to pray for the manifestation of the fruit of the spirit. I can pray all day long for what the Bible tells us to pray for. But sometimes I get a little weak. When I go through hurt, uh, when I go through disease, uh, when I go through persecution, uh, when I feel like I'm being threatened, when my life is being threatened and my health is being threatened and my body feels miserable, I need the Holy Ghost to help me when I go through weaknesses uh, because I don't know. What the will of God is in this situation. I don't know if I'm going to live or die. I don't know if my child is ever going to straighten out. I don't know if my spouse is going to come back. I don't know if my job is going to work out. I don't know what I got to deal with tomorrow. There's so much I don't know. Um, I don't know if this sickness is going to lead to death. I don't know if this marriage can ever be repaired. We don't know and therefore I don't know how to pray. Mm. But the Holy Spirit knows the will of God and the Holy Spirit is interceding for us when we don't know how to pray. Hallelujah. That encourages me, beloved, that I'm not expected to know the will of God in each and every situation. Uh, Yes, there is much of the will of God revealed in the Bible as it relates to love and faith and purity, but there's a whole lot in the secret will of God that I do not know. The providential will of God, the credito with the uh, decreto will of God, the sovereign work of God. We don't know. And the Bible says it's okay not to know. It's okay to groan in ignorance. But I'm also encouraged that in my perplexity, when I am out of words, I'm being watched and I'm being understood By the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Finally, I'm encouraged, beloved, because God's work is not limited to what I understand. Thank the Lord. He works beyond what I can understand. Also, I'm encouraged that in my weakness, uh, uh, my weakness of loss, uh, sometimes I'm grieving so hard, I'm wandering around and going in, in various directions. Uh, sometimes our body is racked with so much pain and I'm going through so much hardship and danger and that I know that the Holy Spirit is praying for us. Uh, The Bible says if God is for us, 
who can be against us? And the Bible says in verse 26, the spirit himself intercedes for us. He's interceding for us with groans. Because what he's interceding is too deep for words. Uh, The Holy Spirit is interpreting our groans with groans. But God is able to interpret every bit of that groan. And God searches and knows the meaning. Ah, One more question. Why? Why does the Holy Spirit pray for us in this way? God searches and understands because he knows the secret will. God knows what he's going to do. God knows how the story is going to end because God wrote the story and all we've got to do is hold on to the fact that we know it will be good because a good God wrote our story and we know that it has a good ending. In other words, when you feel weak, when you are suffering, uh, when your body is in decay, uh, when you feel futility and persecution, when your plans have failed, when you are baffled by your afflictions and you don't know what to do, don't despair, beloved. You have a helper called the Holy Ghost uh, and you are being loved. You are being prayed for by the Holy Ghost. I know I'm right. Even before the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost was accustomed to hearing the moans of his people. In Genesis 21, God heard Hagar and her cast out son Ishmael groaning in the wilderness. And the Bible says that God heard the moaning of the boy and the angel of God called out to Hagar from heaven and said to her what troubles you Hagar fear not for God has heard the moaning of the boy right where he is Now travel back with me in time and go back nine chapters prior in the book of Genesis uh, to Genesis chapter 12. God told Abram to leave the land of Ur uh, and set out on a journey of faith. Uh, God promised to make Abram a great nation. Uh, Now go forward with me just a little while. Uh, Many years have passed. And Abram's wife, Sarah, is unable to get pregnant. So Abraham and Sarah do like many of us do. They take matters into their own hands. Rather than waiting on the promise of God, rather than being obedient to God's will, they decide to use a surrogate mother, Hagar, Sarah's Egyptian handmaiden. And Hagar bore a son for Abraham, uh, and they named this child Ishmael. Uh, Now move forward just a little bit more. Uh, Move forward 14 years later, uh, and now God has fulfilled his promise. Uh, Sarah bore a child, uh, and his name was Isaac. Uh, 
A feast was held to celebrate the weaning of Isaac. But Ishmael, Isaac's stepbrother, got a little jealous. Ishmael started teasing Isaac. And the mother instinct in Sarah rose up. And to defend her son, she's now at the boiling point. And she told Abraham, send Ishmael and his mama Hagar way. How many know that two is company uh, but three is a problem. Uh, Ishmael was not God's choice. Uh, He was not God's promised seed. Uh, Abraham's heart must have been deeply broken. Uh, But the next morning uh, he carried out Sarah's instructions. Uh, Abraham took bread and a bottle of water uh, and gave it to Ishmael and Hagar and sent them away. As they began their journey, Hagar's bottle became depleted and now finally is empty. (laughs) Some of you have felt depleted and empty at some point in your life. Uh, We are told that the very first place that Hagar and Ishmael had to face on their journey was the wilderness. Uh, They are completely exhausted. Uh, But please note, Sarah may, y'all talking about Sarah. She shouldn't have put that woman out. Uh, Sarah may have demanded Hagar to leave, uh, but it was God who allowed it to happen. Sarah may have ordered it, uh, but it was God who ordained it. Uh, There may be some within the sound of my voice uh, that you are thinking uh, that Hagar did not deserve uh, this kind of treatment, uh, that Sarah is the instigator uh, of this problem. Uh, But here's the point. Uh, Hagar was not in the wilderness by accident. Uh, She was place there. Uh, Some of you are in a wilderness right now uh, and it's not an accident. Uh, God put you there. Uh, Hagar was placed there. Uh, You may not understand everything that's going on. Uh, Hagar did not understand everything was going on. Uh, All she realized was that her world uh, had been turned upside down. Uh, How many feel like your world has been turned upside down? for no reason Uh, I did not deserve this Uh, I did not ask for this Uh, but here I am in the wilderness and it was not even my fault Uh, do you feel like the difficulties you're facing uh, are not your fault Uh, we need to understand that our lives are not going to be the same forever Mm. and many times when God brings about a change in our life he takes us through the wilderness we're on our way to the promise uh, but we first got to go through the wilderness 
wilderness. Uh, our lives are not going to remain the same. Uh, our lives are going to change. But what we've got to do is be prepared for where God is going to take us next. Uh, we must be spiritually prepared to go wherever God places us. Uh, and one of the places that God might take you is a spiritual wilderness. God might be getting you ready for that journey right now. That's why you're going through tough times. God might be getting you ready to test your faith right now. That's why he's asking you to lean and depend upon him. Hagar found herself in a hot and dry and dreary barren wilderness. But then things went from bad to worse. All the water and the bread was gone. And the Bible says she cast Ishmael under a shrub. Hagar found herself wandering, lost, weary, confused, and helpless in a dry and barren land. But there are two things that Hagar did. Hagar was alone with Ishmael. There was no one to help her, no one to seek advice from. Uh, what was she to do next? She had no real direction. Uh, Hagar knew that it would be just a matter of time and she and her child would die. The first thing that she did in the wilderness was she put the child underneath a shrub. This describes the condition in the wilderness. The wilderness demands a response. You might be depleted and you may be all alone, but if you are in the wilderness, it demands a response. And the next thing that Hagar did, she prayed to the God of Abraham. Uh, this was not her first rodeo. Uh, Hagar had been in the wilderness one other time uh, when Sarah got mad and put her out. Uh, but God introduced her, her, himself to Hagar at that time. Uh, she didn't know the name Jehovah. Uh, she didn't know Jehovah Nisi. Uh, she did not know Jehovah Jireh. Uh, but she named him uh, the God who sees me. Uh, if Hagar did not know anything else, she knew that God saw her. You may not know everything you need to know about God, but pray to God about what you do know. Hagar prayed to the God that she would not see her son die. God had allowed Hagar and her son to come to the point where they could no longer endure in their own strength. They could no longer endure uh, in their own ability. Uh, Hagar was at the end of her rope. Uh, her situation uh, was inescapable. Uh, a good night's sleep was not going to help her. Uh, positive thinking would not solve her problem. Uh, the only thing she knew to do was weep uh, and cry out uh, to the God who sees her. Uh, she said, dear God, uh, don't let me see my son die. Uh, she 
didn't know how to articulate a formal prayer, but God understood her moan and God answered her moan and said, Hey, Gara, don't be afraid. He assured her, I hear you. I not only see you, but I hear you. I hear your prayer and I even heard the prayer of your son. God assured her that he would make a great nation out of her son Ishmael. God sees your problems. God hears and understands your prayers. And the Bible says God opened Hagar's eyes to reveal a well of water. The well was furnished by God. Hagar's water bottle was empty. But God provided her a well of water. When God opened Hagar's eyes, See, beloved, when we suffer, it changes our vision. When we suffer, we feel as though we're in the dark and can't see the next step in front of us. When we suffer, everything looks hazy except the problem uh, which is disproportionately clear uh, the problem is clear uh, the problem is intense uh, but when we are in a spiritual w- uh, wilderness uh, we've got to ask God uh, open the eyes of faith uh, When the eyes of faith are opened, uh, we must be intentional uh, and focus uh, on the God that we know. Uh, We've got to look past our problems uh, and see the very presence of God. We've got to look back uh, past our need uh, and see the provision of God. Pray and ask God to open your eyes. Psalms 119 and 18 says, Open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things of your law. Even when we feel as though we're lying in dust, God's word can revive us because faith cometh by hearing the word of God. Our spiritual eyes can see his protection. Our spiritual eyes can see into the heavenly realms. Perhaps the greatest gift of spiritual sight is to recognize and know that God is with us. Intellectually, we may know this, but I need to see it. When we turn to God, he opens our eyes and show us hidden treasures But since our vision is limited in the dark, we need to be intentional about where we focus. If we view things through the vision, through the lens of grief and pain and discouragement, that's what we're going to focus on. We will see our problems and we will not see God's provision. We will see our loneliness and we will not see God's presence. We will fixate more on our fears than God's promises. What we look at and focus on will transform us. What we look at and focus on is what we will become. Listen to me, beloved. God didn't give Hagar another water bottle. 
that would be exhausted in a few days. God gave Hagar an endless supply of water. God showed Hagar that she couldn't continue unless she had supernatural help. When God opened up her eyes and showed her a well, Hagar had to do three things. Hagar had to draw the water. Hagar had to drink the water. Hagar had to pass some water to her son. The well would have been no good to Hagar and her son if she had only just looked at the resources. When she saw the whale, she had to go to the source that God had provided for her and feel. She had to fill her water bottle. Then her responsibility was to share it with her son. When we find ourselves in the wilderness and our bottle is empty, it is up to you to go to the well. Fill your bottle and drink. Then you are to go to someone and give them their provisions that they need. You see them in the wilderness. Give them some of your provisions. We are told that Hagar and Ishmael remained right where they were in the wilderness. God did not change Hagar's location, but he gave her the strength to get through each day. Beloved, God is enough. Whether you are in a valley or a wilderness, God will provide a well. Cry out to the Lord and you will see his provision. Your prayer may only be a moan, But God will understand your moans because the Holy Spirit is right there interpreting those deep things in your heart according to the will of God. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, repent at this time and pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself only. I am sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and I ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you from this day forward. Help me to live every day for you in a way that pleases you. If you prayed that simple prayer with me, please call me at 231-349-1046 so I may discuss with you the first steps of salvation.